Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey! Welcome to the book of Luke Skywalker. Sorry, the the book of Grogu. No, no, the book of Ahsoka. Raylan Marshall, the book of Raylan Marshall. The book of Marshall Raylan. (laughs) The officially unofficial (laughs) podcast for uh, all all that Boba Fett stuff. And then his friends, too. Uh, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. What do you say about a show that doesn't feature the main character? in more than one scene per episode. And man, if you've ever worn, touched, or even looked at a Mandalorian's armor, you're a Mandalorian as far as this show is concerned. Hell yeah. I got some <laughs> chain mail in the closet. I could pull that out. I'll be a Mando for oh, a yeah. day. Oh yeah, I got a chain mail bikini from my uh, Conan <laughs> cosplay days. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I can I can I can I can I can have my little Grogu don it. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh well we watched season one, episode six, chapter six from the from the desert comes a stranger. Um, it, and again, I, I mean, at least Boba Fett was in this one. It's true. It's true. I feel like this is becoming the book of Finnick Shand, though, because like she's the one pretty much running all these operations, right? She is, yeah. Uh, Boba Fett is choosing to remain neutral again in his own show. Um, yeah. It is wild. I don't... Yeah. I. I two weeks in a row... I don't know because I, I like it. Like I, I, right. I really have liked the last two weeks of the show, and I enjoy the direction it's going. Um, I just have so many questions about why it's structured this way. Yeah, no, it's weird. Um, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not enjoying it. It's just I, I don't know. Like this needs to be some kind of. Is it not Boba Fett focused? I mean, this season hasn't been Boba Fett focused. Apparently, half of yeah. it has been Mandalorian. I, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand it either. Um, and it's, and I, I wonder if it's just because um, every time I read about the Marvel machine, there's always this like. Uh, you know, the fact that these stunt sequences and these CGI things take so long to produce and the the tempo is so up tempo that a lot of times they will have like just action sequences that they haven't even justified in the plot yet fully. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, you know, we're going to have this plane to plane collision and they're going to fight on this uh, uh, scrap metal that's falling and it's going to be some big three act moment and we're going to ride our way there so that the t- CGI technicians can go ahead and start working on that. And then that, you <laughs> wow. know, once you lay that foundation, you're kind of stuck there. And it's like if you can't quite lay clean tracks, well, you've got twenty five million dollars of CGI that says you got to. And I wonder if um, some of the stuff is like that. It's all kind of siloed up and it's like not quite fit together like a tailored suit. And if they mm-hmm. had a little bit more time in pre-production, 
where they could like, you know, fully integrate these scenes or like, you know, as cool as the scene is, we're going to have to scrap it and wait for another one um, or, or to see if because, you know, I, the I don't know. Is, like Disney doesn't have that. to hit deadlines, right? Like, I mean, with this stuff, they're just streaming it. It's not like they have advertisers who they have to, to hit schedules for, right? The Disney they can board just of executives. push everything back. The, the, the Disney Board of Directors has a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to return maximum value. And sure, you pay $2 billion for Star Wars, you want to return maximum value. You pay however many billions for... You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they've already got their $2 billion back. But that's the thing. Billion, like, it was. Yeah. It, it's, it's, not, it's not reasonable value. It's not like uh, yeah, it's uh, enough value. Sure. It's it's maximizing the value to any, any shareholder... Uh, that accuses the board. So I, that's it. That's it. Like the maximizing of revenue. And um, and unfortunately, I think the Star Wars community <laughs> has demonstrated that they're OK with some of this stuff. They would they're, they're fine with the kind of mid tier Saturday morning cartoon level of plotting and development and all that kind of stuff. If they get, you know, some Mandalorian helmets and some lightsabers and some cool yeah. ships and. Uh, things that tick and, and and crucially they can enjoy with their children like we were just talking about uh-huh. this off podcast the other day that this is such I've never seen it before because when I was growing up my dad never made an attempt to get me into like the Lone Ranger uh, sure. or the Little Rascals and if there was yeah. a revival of that stuff it was like a one movie thing and done uh-huh. but we've it's, since then our culture has like you know an adult doesn't have to like wear a smoking jacket and smoke a pipe and be in the cars. You can still keep your comic books and your lightsabers and your superhero capes. Uh, and that's such a great opportunity to just make money. Cause I had to beg my dad to like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, can I get this Luke Skywalker figure? Oh my, you know, if, if imagine if Lone Ranger was a series and, and he was j- jazzed about, I'm like, dad, can I get a Lone Ranger six shooter? Hell yes. Yeah, son, we'll both get one. I'll run around as a Tonto and you can be the, like, Oh my God, you're just printing money. Yeah. So like I get it, but I'm also sad when I, you know, I see like the peacemaker on DC and that's such I mean, it's 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 juvenile, too, but it, and it's adult, mm-hmm. not just in the language and the violence, but it's like got some really deep characterization and some like clever twists and turns. And that's something that I just don't think we're ever going to get on a Marvel TV show or, yeah. a, Di- or a Star Wars TV show because they just I don't know. They don't they don't they, it, it's it, it, it it's not required to maximize the revenue, apparently. Yeah, no, it's seeming more and more like it. Um, I, I think that's exactly what this was. It was. um you know, Saturday morning level cartoon stuff, but like it, it wasn't, it wasn't offensive in that way. Right. It wasn't like, Oh boy, I'm watching something that's for children. And so they do squeak by with it. Um, because there's some genuinely impressive shit in here too. Like talk about, you know, how maybe they're just riding the ragged edge of a timeline here. As far as production goes, Luke Skywalker looks incredible. Like I, so lifelike I think they've passed Uncanny Valley here like he's Luke the right the final episode of Mando season 2 did not look this good Uh, there was something in the eyes that was just dead and wrong yes they have fixed that problem and Luke looks like Luke it's it's shocking I because like when we came back to the uh, thing you know landed on the planet and the Mandalorian uh Din is observing the new Jedi temple being built and like there's no one there. It's just depopulated. I'm like, oh, well, this makes sense. We're not going to see Luke 
because right. there's like we saw Luke on a like you know darkened in uh, starship interiors wearing a hood like this is like full fucking blast sunlight and like brightly lit environments <laughs> and as i was <laughs> formulating those thoughts they cut the grogu and luke and i'm like oh jesus well, christ well, this is that's Mark Hamill from a time machine, man. Right? But but also, it was hilarious, too, because they cut to him, but he's got his eyes closed. He's not moving. He's got no expression mm-hmm. on his face because he's meditating. I'm like, oh, this is all we're going to get of of young Luke in this is going to be him sitting here doing nothing because that's yeah. all he can do. And yeah. then he's fucking jumping and flipping and talking and interacting with Grogu. And I'm like, okay, this is next level. And the thing is, is that does excite me because if Star Wars ever decided to tell again, I don't I'm not saying adult in terms like Peacemaker where bodies need to explode and there's, you know, nudity and everyone's swearing. Complexity. You're, yeah, you're, you're talking but, about. But, but like this real like if you could get the old gang back together, and I don't know how like does Mark Hamill get paid for this shit like but you could tell some honest to God. Star Wars stories in a timeline that I am deeply fascinated with and really Dude. fill in some of the blanks and and you could even you know I, I like with the right kind of thing you could almost redeem the sequels like you know explain how the hell the new republic has lost the uh the galaxy to this upstart um, you could try Imperial, yeah. or the new order like you could you could you could do a lot of things to kind of and uh, in, in the same way that the expanded universe has kind of integrated the prequels in a way that I didn't think would be possible when they first came out. Like, I think you could do that kind of stuff. You could fix some of these mistakes because how many series that are well-written that I'd like to see about Luke, Han, and Leia? Oh, yeah. That's a huge demand that I have. Um, So, yeah, like, I'm really (laughs) excited by some of this stuff. And and it just looks looks so solid. Yeah. I I mean, I'm a big fan and and say what you will. Look, I was a teenager when I was reading them. I'm a big fan of the Kevin J. Anderson uh, Jedi Academy trilogy. (laughs) Oh, no. uh, I know. Like I said, teenager. Yeah, Um, yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) So there are some cool stories in there. When I saw Luke building this Jedi training facility, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. okay, they're going to. They're going to EU this up a little bit. I don't know how much they're going to EU it up, how how you know if we're gonna see sun crushers shit like that or or oh, what yeah. but um i don't know that got me kind of excited for those sort of stories those stories i remember around the edges of star wars with those characters yeah there's a lot of cool like you know they got uh super weapons that are not just a death star like the world mm-hmm. devastators and you said the sun crusher um and those are not those are Star Wars legends and we know that some legends are true. So mm-hmm. like they still have, I think it's the best way is like you kind of wipe away all that stuff and non canonically, but then you cherry pick the stuff that you want to bring back. And it's like, Oh, this let, you know, it's legendary, but it's true. Um, there's still so much exciting potential. And, and I, as, as much as I'm excited about like Han, Luke and Leia stuff, um, I also hunger for like just genuinely new stories set in the Star Wars universe that have nothing to do with the, like the mainline stuff. Um, sure. I was wondering if you could do like a, a Star Wars The Wire, like about corruption on Car- Coruscant and and how like, you know, the, the dream of the New Republic is dying to kind of explain the, f- the First Order rise, like something like almost Game of Thrones level in its complexity and its emotional maturity. <laughs> okay, just, we just got off the conversation where we said Disney's never going to do anything they're more never adult. Go- they're never going to do sex and violence, um, but they can do complexity. I mean, they just they can. Um I, I think the event, like the whole mm-hmm. event, uh, arc of the Avengers, is very complex and how they wove all that together. They just need to bring some of that stuff, and I, I think they're getting sure, there. It's just sure. that it's everything's moving too fast. 
You know, like I, I think in a perfect world, they would have shut Star Wars down for two years and just like thought. Yeah. But Retool, Disney Plus everything. Disney Plus was coming out. So they had to push. They had to push. And, and, and they'll I have think to continue to push. That's that's the problem uh, with these streaming services, especially with a company like Disney. They're not going to go out and license shit. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, what they can do is they can go out and buy movie studios like 20th Century sure. Fox. Right. They can go out and buy a bunch of catalog, but they also have to produce a lot of catalog and look at where Netflix is with that, right? They've got some some serious, you know, fiscal and also mm-hmm. uh, goodwill problems going on right now, I think, because of yeah. their frantic pace. So, yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting to see what they do with Star Wars going forward. That said, I did not uh, hate this episode. I thought it was... Even if you look past just the CG stuff, um, there's a lot of nostalgia here, right? I mean, this whole training sequence with Grogu, how can you not feel a little bit of nostalgia for Empire Strikes Back? Sure, sure. Um, and then it, it, I hope they're setting up something big for the finale here, right? Some kind of confrontation, uh, I guess, between the Pike Syndicate and Boba's group. Who knows? Um, this might be a multi-season arc that they're headed down. Probably mm-hmm. is. If I have to look at it and say what's going to happen, yeah, I, I doubt we're going to resolve everything next episode, but who knows? It also kind of makes me because this new st- structure, because I was remembering, like, oh, you know, like when we look forward to Mandalorian season three, we're going to get at least one Mando that's not going to be shackled mm-hmm. to Baby Grogu. Not that we well, hate Baby Grogu, we love Baby Gro- Gro- Grogu, but like it seemed likely that you're going to get at least, and I'm like, oh, you'll be. But, like, I didn't see the Book of Boba Fett reuniting probably Grogu and the Mandalorian, at least setting the tracks to that. And Mm -hmm. so, like, it seems entirely likely that the Mandalorian season three will come back with the status quo intact. Um, And that makes it real. So it makes it really hard to predict what's going to happen next. And when it's really hard to predict, it's almost like, why bother? And I think a lot of the fun in terms of, like, analyzing shows like this is making those predictions and trying to you know, uh, be attuned, you know, one with the show's force. And uh, when so much story can like take place in other pockets of the, it's, it's really hard to say like, what is the direction of the Mandalorian? What is the direction of the, you know, uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series? What is the direction of the Ahsoka? Because like, they're all in each other's stuff. It's just like, we talked about, you know, what is a captain America movie versus what's an Avenger movie? Yeah. Um, I I mean, the direction of, of, Mando is going to be merchandising with yeah. baby Grogu fully like the the model three version of baby Grogu with full mm-hmm. chain mail mm-hmm. Mando armor. Like mm-hmm. you got to get that out on store shelves for Christmas. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's also re- rekindled my dislike of the Jedi order this episode. Oh, when when he puts the choice to Grogu, sure, yeah, yeah, like you like, can either forsake everything uh-huh. about being a Jedi because you love people, or you can stay here and train. It's just yeah. so fucking manipulative and abusive. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, like, uh, Jesus Christ, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get to there. Uh, but I I mean, it's so funny because like. 
this episode confounded me because like it's called from the desert comes a stranger and you start off with Cobb Vant and I'm like, oh, well, here's the stranger in desert and he's going to join up with Boba Fett and that's going to be cool. And then, oh, no, we got this other guy coming. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we we smash cut from there to the Mandalorian. I'm like, oh, my God, we're back on the Mando show. And it's. I I, I, I I liked it. I liked it. And there's like a lot of there's also some of this stuff where it's like I didn't watch the Clone Wars, but I played the Star Wars miniatures game during the height of the Clone Wars. And so a lot of these guys uh, like the blue, the blue man uh, with the, the cowboy hat at the end. Like I recognize that from the miniatures game. I've never seen a Clone Wars episode. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, oh, that guy was a fucking badass on the tabletop. Let me tell you, rolling D20s against this guy, so this is like a losing affair. So I, 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 it's 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 weird. I've been loosely connected to Star Wars my entire life, and I've absorbed some of this stuff by by uh, osmosis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, uh, I guess we should get into it. We should. Yeah, let's do that. But first, let's take a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we start up with uh, Cobb Vanth, Raylan Givensing some Pike Syndicate goons during a spice buy. Uh, and I, I loosely say Raylan Givensing because, man, these scenes just don't quite sparkle without the Elmore Leonard dialogue. I, it's like <laughs> half half rate. It, it, it tries to get there in some spots, but you just can't beat Elmore Leonard for dialogue. It's pretty good, though. The whole, like, uh-huh. this is a recognizably you know, railinging uh, oh, some totally. bad guy of like, you know, you got your hand on your pistol and you're like, yeah, there's two ways this can go. And you, we just all assume that you read the map wrong and no harm. And, mm-hmm. and someone's got to try to pull on this guy. And, but, but there's no pew, like pew. next one's coming faster moment. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess Raylan, it took three seasons for him to get to that line. So sure. like, you know, yeah. uh, but, but yeah, I, um, it's interesting. Cause the other thing is like, I, they've always talked about spice and star Wars. Uh-huh. And I've never, I guess, got that it was a narcotic. Oh, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I, I thought it was some kind of like thing like in Dune where it was something that helped your cognition. And, you mm. know, it was like some kind of like uh, is is it's a good drug to have kind of like, a, I guess, a super um, what what do they call what are they Ritalin, like super Ritalin or something. Sure. But I guess it's like a highly addictive drug. Um, so when the spice came that this isn't like a legit industry, this is a crime industry coming on. And they made that clear when they have the loose spice. And although I did think, I think it's funny. You just got like a, it's like doing a big Coke deal. Mm-hmm. And like the Coke is just in someone's little hope chest. <laughs> you right, know? Yeah. Like it's not bagged up for a resale nah. or anything. It's just in somebody's cedar chest with a little, <laughs> with a little like two, two tooth key, uh, securing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, the angles, like the wide shots, the 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 naked appeal to uh, westerns, the environment, oh, totally. the desert town, like it's it's dead wooden space, and it's it's good. Like yeah, why yeah. why fight it if you got if you got the Timothy Oliphant, right? Yeah, no, he he's great. He's still great. Um, not a bad scene overall. 
kind of like it. Uh, he kicks the spice over at the end, and I'm thinking, boy, there there's some Jawas somewhere on the plains that just got high as fuck, man. <laughs> the wind comes blowing through, and that's why you keep getting crate dragons, man. Right? You just you just, you're setting up a, a a rail of coke for them to do through your streets. No wonder they're coming through snorting. <laughs> This is like the seventeen. Yeah, the winds gang. are made of spice. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. high on Tatooine. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freetown, baby. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. What are they getting up to in the tents out there? Mm-mm. Uh, all right, we get some more Mando and his N one uh, fighter here. I wish they would have given this thing a name so I could just call it something, but it probably won't be around long enough. Uh, he yeah. Fly- flies out to see Grogu, but he has to wait while Luke and Grogu train a little bit. Uh, they lift frogs, they go for a walk, and Luke tries to give him some memories of his home, and memories are of a Jedi being slaughtered by stormtroopers and then taking him. Yeah, this is uh, apparently Grogu. I mean, this math checks out. I think we even did it. Like, how the hell? And he was there for the slaughter of the younglings in the Jedi Temple. Yeah, sir, clone troopers. Uh, got Order 66. Yep. Which they never... I never thought they did a very good job selling the slaughter of the Jedi. Like I've seen a Jedi hold off mm-hmm. like 30 battle droids. Uh, I don't think six clone troopers will get it done against three Jedi, but you know, that I, I guess. Yeah. This is one of those scenes. And I always think this when, when scenes show like somebody hanging by a rope and then part of that rope breaks mm-hmm. and yet they don't fall. I, I always think that's just not how ropes work, right? Like right. It, when one strand goes, it makes it it makes it less stable. It it, uh-huh. it makes it more likely to break, and so the whole thing just breaks. Yeah, here yeah. it's like, oh, they've taken out four stormtroopers, and yet somehow now they're overwhelmed by them. I'm right. I'm not sure how that works. This is the inverse of that. Yeah, but yeah. No, I mean, it worked like in the early, like if um. Like on the early stages where they truly got him by surprise, where the Jedi had no and then, you know, they made it a point of like the Jedi couldn't sense this in the force because the clones were like one literally one moment loyal. There's no danger in the next moment. They're murderous killing machines. But any Jedi that survived the first five minutes of Order 66 is going to know what's up. And like Mm -hmm. it would take a small army to take him down. And I just never thought that they told that tell very well. Like, I don't know how you do it. Um, You know, you need like 100 clone troopers versus each Jedi. Uh, and the Jedi are like, yeah, I mean, to me, this is like the the gates of Thermopylae. This is like the, th- the battle of Thermopylae. Like you got like four <laughs> oh, Jedi God. in a corridor, like 10 feet wide against like a platoon. Like there's no fucking way they're getting through that. Yeah. But uh, anyway. When I when I saw Mando fly in and then nobody's there and he sits down on this bench, I'm like, boy, there better be a point to this waiting because waiting is never good in a story. Like you, mm. you want your characters to always be doing something. Yeah, uh, and I think there is a point to it by the end of this episode because the the choice that Luke eventually puts to Grogu has to be a choice that he's informed um, on. He can't yeah. he can't just make a choice blind. And so I feel like all this training that they do while Mando's waiting for them is is kind of worth it there. It also mirrors the choice, you know, the because because he's given a choice about whether he wants to see Grogu or not, and it mirrors the choice mm-hmm. that Grogu makes as well. Um, I want to talk yeah, about mirrors the, that choice that Luke made, <laughs> which is hilarious, right? Because Luke d- d- does in in Empire Strikes Back exactly 
the thing he's saying Grogu can't do here, right? Which is go help his loved ones and then mm-hmm. come back and be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. He, Luke does that. So, like, Grogu isn't giving up everything about becoming a Jedi if he goes yeah. and makes this decision. Yeah. And Luke knows that. Luke has to know that. I want to talk about Mark Hamill because he's credited as Luke Skywalker. Interesting. Um, and the thing is, is I did a lot of research on this, and I don't think at this time no one's quite sure how they did this or how this is all working. Um, there's speculation that uh, they've taken Mark Hamill's voice and used a digital filter on it to make him sound younger. Hmm. Uh, there's speculation that they just played, you know, recorded. Uh, it took a whole all of like Luke's speech from Star Wars because you can see that now. Like, I, there's a couple Twitch people that yeah. uh, their donos are read in like famous people's voices. It's pretty seamless. Um, there's people that said that like, you know, like I said, Mark came in and did, um, they had a stunt, they had a, the, uh, a body double last year that they recast. Uh, he, he was seen as the younger X-Wing pilot from the last episode. Uh, they got two new guys. One Scott Lang is listed as the stunt double for Luke. And then Graham Hamilton is served as the performance artist. So the way I hear that is like Graham Hamilton is the guy who's just like standing around acting. And anytime he's doing like flips and shit, that's Scott Lang. Mm -hmm. Both of these gentlemen have a medium to low passing resemblance to Mark Hamill. Uh, Not as nearly as good as the X-Wing pilot, I didn't think. And I was like, I wonder if they'll do something like they got like a hundred percent CGI filter on his face, and mm-hmm. every time we see Luke, they'll back it down five percent, and like <laughs> eventually Luke will become the stunt double. Yeah, like I honestly think that would be a cool way to do it because I don't. It's so weird. I like I said how like and is, and is Mark Hamill time... getting paid for like being an actor and using his face, or is he just getting paid like he's going in here and doing Joker lines? Like it's so he was he was. So it's interesting. I know that um, Carrie Fisher was paid for her likeness as sure. as Leia um, when they CG'd her. So, and they had to pay um, M- Moff Tarkin's Moff, estate. Yeah, Peter Cushing's estate. Uh, so I assume yes, Mark Hamill is getting paid for this. He would he would almost certainly have to be right. But, Here's what they do though: they take. They do the five percent thing you're talking about. Every time they show him, they back it back down the filter. Eventually, it becomes a stuntman. But they also go back and they pull a Hayden Christensen Force Ghost thing, <laughs> where they <laughs> every five every time they show him five minutes uh, of the original movies get slightly altered. Uh, and so eventually, the stunt yeah. person is just. But then they have the problem in another you know fifty years where they got to do it to another actor. Unless keep doing it, wash, keep rinse, repeat. It. Not like this. Not like, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't want. I wanted to go this way. I mean, that's yeah. so in the wheelhouse of Star Wars. Come on, man. Dude, the special yeah. special editions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, Bo- brave new world we're entering here. Oh, into totally. The, a lot of the stuff that I remember, like twenty, thirty years ago. Uh, what happens when we have digital, all digital actors, and there's no one that's yep. like a. Like, we are there, man. There's no reason why they can't just make a generic looking dude or woman or whatever they like that. That mm-hmm. is literally ne- like I, I saw a picture, a photorealistic a person. And it was on a cover. It might have been a, like Time magazine. It might have been wired. It's like this person doesn't exist. It was an entirely digital created thing. And I don't know why you can't just build like like you're playing a Skyrim character creator. Uh, yeah. And then you have some synthesized voice. And then you've got all this talent that you don't have to pay anymore. Yeah, 
No, dude. I mean, it's coming for sure. Like, it's it's now a matter stars. of getting that cheap enough and fast enough. Like at this point, they have the model of Luke Skywalker, right? Like they can yeah. put Luke into anything they want with relative ease. They don't have to create that stuff from scratch anymore. Yeah, and they're only doing these. Like, have you heard this this VTuber thing? Sure. Yeah. Where like people are not even appearing as themselves; they're appearing as mm-hmm. like these synthetic, uh, you, you know, like essentially face rig cam full time. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to be it, it's going to be interesting to see what Hollywood looks like in like twenty forty. I, I do feel like um, you know, you're you're probably never gonna get to the point where you don't have any actors involved. It'll just be the actors don't have to look anything like the the performance you see on screen right because it's always yeah, i don't know I, I would think it would always be cheaper well always is a big word um not always but it, it for a very long time it's going to be cheaper to pay somebody to do a mocap thing on a really really good cg model uh yeah. than it would be to to just animate it from scratch the problem is right now we in the, the the problem in Hollywood is like the pay scale for people who wear golf balls on their body and lend their voice right. unless they're famous. Like, you know, if you're Andy fucking circus, sure. Bender Dick comes a bunch. They'll pay you a million dollars to crawl around a stage and act like smog. Uh-huh. But if you're just some dude that lended a couple of voice lines and Halo and Destiny, you're not going to get paid. You're not going to get Mark Hamill money. You're not no. going to get Peter Cushing. Money. No, you're going to get Jack and squat. And I think they need to fix that. Um yeah, but still, the it's unions like I, need to step in and start, you know, advocating more for the people who yeah. are behind these CG performances. Because I agree, but it's yeah, entirely. Like, right. I'm like thinking of like, you know, what could like George Lucas have done in making Star Wars if he like could have literally populated a whole universe full of artificial beings and had them give convincing per- performances? You know, like what or like George Lucas, but like what 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 kind of directorial and cinematography talent can you have if you can do that uh, yeah. cheaply like you can have a cast of thousands movie and they cost you 10 grand you know uh some it, some a yeah. couple hundred hours of render time on a modest pc in 10 years like that will be kind of crazy i wonder if it gets worse for a while because like I, I feel like directors you know they direct actors right they aren't actors so like coming up with a whole whole cloth performance here that's an actor's job. They they interpret this material. Whereas a director, like a lot George of directors, Lucas, if you if there's some, if you if if directors if you gave him a box and said this gives you a hundred percent control over this person's face, uh huh. I don't think they, <laughs> they would quite get there. On I think the first there's some try. that wouldn't, but there's some guy like George Lucas. Like finally, they're going to be as fast as intense as I want. You know, like it's like, <laughs> but it's, it's going to go I, wrong. This is this is all I've ever wanted. Uh-huh. No, I I a hundred percent. You're going to get like uh, Queen Amidala only more so. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's not all good there, but yeah, you do need. You'll probably have more like actor or performance directors, uh, right? You you'll have like the director job will be split because the director job is already split between cinematographers and lighters and uh, yeah, all these things. Yeah. But like, yeah, getting in there and, and coaching out a performance from a CG model is probably be- going to definitely become a thing that like mm-hmm. every movie has on set. But I, the other thing is like, man, with the way AI is going, like, I think you could literally like, I, I it, it would be interesting to see like in 20 years, could you just put in a script, like a 70 page script? Yeah. 
have a movie into come out. a machine and have it like first pass like this is what the machine thinks of the you know you describe the characters it populates it does the action does yep. the camera angle and then all you got to do is go in and tweak it if you don't like it why do you need to write a script just have an ai do that too yeah dude fuck, just take the done. netflix we're algorithm done. and pop, turn off the lights in, everybody be it's been a <laughs> badman sandler's uh you know click four yeah, yeah yeah we're just uh you know what fuck it let the robots take care of us and, and entertain us and wipe our asses i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready to speed run extinction yeah I, I feel like we pulled a switcheroo akin to the book of boba fett where we're not even talking about boba fett anymore it's true yeah and boba he's just uh he's just gonna glower about it oh you mad you mad we're not talking about your show boba huh huh yeah what are you gonna do about it you got no muscle all right, let's move on to Ahsoka showing up. Uh, her and Mando also take a walk. Mando sees Grogu from a distance, but Ahsoka convinces him that seeing the Padawan foundling, I guess he's both at this point, will only make things harder for him. So Mando gives her the Mandalorian armor he made and uh, leaves. Yeah. And this is where we find out Luke's building a Jedi school. Um, I didn't think this was Yavin. Am no. I? No. Maybe. Okay. I guess it could be because that's where he builds it, and it it looks like it could be. There's, it is kind of yeah, primitive, but it's a lot of bamboo and stuff, less yeah. like giant redwoods. But yeah, you know that was a moon of Yavin, so who knows? Um, yeah, but I was excited by that because of my Jedi Academy love. Um, I tell you, I got like I was distressed like when he's within sight of Grogu and she's like being a real. Jedi about not letting him see it. It reminded me of like the Southpaw movie where it's like, come on, just let Jake Gyllenhaal see his daughter. Come on. Uh-huh. Like, get out. <laughs> yeah. um, I need, because like, you know, like, yes, last time we were talking about like, maybe they're stumbling towards a unifying theme of the Star Wars universe, like something like, it, you know, the Avengers Infinity War they're gearing up to. And that's like bringing balance to the force. And, uh, you know, there's like in the in, in the mid going this episode it's like Luke's like, you know, showing him a lightsaber. It's like, you know, the galaxy's a dangerous place, Grogu. I'm going to teach you how to protect yourself. And the Mando bringing in the armor um, like, you know, Jedi have always been about using things for defense rather than offense. Yeah. And I really thought they were building, continuing that stream. But like at the last minute, they kind of like completely zigged from that uh, and made this yeah. like less about unity like being the padawan and the foundling mm-hmm. and more of like you have to fucking choose this is a binary choice and you need to fucking make it right now little man um this feels like a false choice to me it does it, it really does. feels like he's gonna come back around a la luke right he makes the the quote-unquote wrong choice for being a jedi and then comes around and he's a jedi anyway it's I, true i think that's like, where they're know. headed with this but yeah, we'll you're right. There's a lot of like, you know, Luke running off impetuously to face Vader, even though all of his mentors right. are saying it's a wrong idea. And then he then he comes back the next movie and Yoda's like, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> turns out that was OK, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, it's there's some rich history of of uh, Padawans saying fuck you to the masters. And it turned out OK, for sure. Uh, <laughs> there's some rich history of it. Not that's Vader. true. It's a pretty good example of that. Yeah. Uh, galaxy and flames either way. You know, it'll be fun. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Luke continues Grogu's physical training with jumping, balance, and reflex training. Uh, eventually, Ahsoka delivers the Mandalorian armor to Luke, and he wonders about what to do about Grogu, and then Ahsoka leaves. Uh, I really love, you know, speaking of Empire references, Grogu in the backpack, 
Oh, they I got mean, the blue backpack. Yeah, that's so good. They reverse reverse Yodoing him. He's the uh-huh. the master carrying the the paddle on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's giving him like Rocky Balboa speeches to him. <laughs> uh, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows, Grogu. It's a ne- mean and nasty place. I'll beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Got to get back up. Always get back up. Uh, I I but uh, yeah, it's it's super. You get the drone. Uh, Grogu mm-hmm. uh, beast mode in the groan uh, seeing him go from like zero vertical leap to doing like Yoda type shit um, yeah. it's good and like there's also there. kind of like a little ominous about Luke when I thought there's something ominous to Luke saying it's almost like he's remembering it rather than I'm teaching it uh, and mm. you think you know Grogu spent some time under the tutelage of Mar uh, of, of Darth uh, Gus Gar- Gus Fring oh yeah and I'm like what what all is he going to remember there's so much trauma here too like Mm -hmm. are we gonna see grogu kind of flirt with the dark side it seems like a very star wars thing to do and i i don't i don't know if everyone's ready for that is this the first we really know of his backstory at all like did we even know that he was a youngling at the time no no right so i feel like there's a pretty big development that yeah you know we're just kind of glossing over but yeah, God, it's so cute. There's a lot Luke, there. Luke goes to touch his head, and he's kind of like you know, like a like a half feral cat that's kind of like not sure about letting someone touch him. And mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they develop it. For sure. All right, Mando flies to Boba's palace to make good on being his muscle, and Finnick says the Pike Syndicate is amassing forces, and they don't have the muscle for for all out war, even with Mando. Mando says, I can help with that. And he flies to Moss Pelgo uh, or Freetown as it's now Freetown. to recruit Marshall Cobb Vanth and his people. They they don't want much to do with this, though. It's a city folk fight, according to them. Gee, how could you get this rough spun people on your side? Yeah. What could po- what what development could possibly happen that would make them want to uh, join fight in mass? Um, is there is there anything from like a specific genre of movies that we could mine? Maybe. I really love the Jawas with the crate dragon skull to the front of the crawler, like there's some oh, massive yeah. Mad Max like running through. Uh, They're gonna so make funny. a mean crate dragon broth with that. It's <laughs> <Just>, like <laughs> soup for everyone. I just think it's so fucking metal. And also, did you notice they had the crate dragon's rib cage inside the bar? Now they've installed it as like oh. uh, a vaulted ceiling type of deal. And I thought nice. I was like, ah, I went back and actually watched the, the Marshall episode from the Mandalorian to make sure. But yeah, they have installed that. They've been picking apart the, the, the bones of the crate hmm. uh, to build up Freetown and, and make the jaw was sand crawlers that much cooler. Nice. Um, I like them catching up too. you know, them both, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Marshall observing that we both lost something we're fond of. You know, you lost a little guy, lost my armor. Um, yeah, at first I was wondering, oh no, what happened to Cobb Vanth uh, when his deputy comes out there yeah. and and starts to greet Mando, and I'm like, oh, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. surely yeah. he's not gone. Uh, this, he's not. This, uh, These guys just they're setting something up, which was obvious. The scene around the battle table, man, the mod squad. You got Boba Fett, Fennec Shan, uh, the Santon, Kersantan, and Mando, and then the Mod Squad sticking out like four sore little pinky fingers, right? 
you know like. i will say helped by the lack of their mod bikes their speeder bikes it's true right they don't look quite yeah. as dumb they don't look quite as dumb. I still think they look too bright and shiny. And some of the some of the modifications look goofy, too. Like they're not quite well integrated into hmm. the pr- the prosthetic isn't integrated into the actor. Maybe that's gotcha. the maybe that's the thing. It's like, you know, having giant ear discs in your ears, you know, they're proud um, of it, man. Or like, you know, crazy uh, fate. Uh, like, I don't know, getting Bart Simpson tattooed on your face. Maybe the point is to yeah. stick out and look weird. In which case, I think so. Good job, kids. You got it. You're nailing it. <laughs> yeah. You're nailing it. You're really putting off this old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point, man. Really wanting to run you off my front yard. I got to tell you, the instinct's <laughs> kicking in. Uh, all right. Cobb decides to call a meeting of all fighting age townspeople. But before he can, a stranger wanders into town and Cobb's idiot deputy gets him shot. Uh, and the stranger declares that Tatooine belongs to the syndicate and he leaves. And then, you know, th- this is the inciting incident that I'm sure is going to lead the townspeople to get Boba's back. Uh, it, this guy has a cool design. I've, I've not seen him either because I'm I'm not a watcher of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I've not seen any episodes of that. Um, I did not remember the miniature until you were talking about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think you had that one. Um, Cad I, Bane was his wh- name. Was his name? Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Pretty good name. Uh, he looks it, cool. I like his design, yeah. It's very cool. And the way they introduce him with n- not showing those eyes, right? Those big red... Uh, I'm sure this dude is definitely on Spice with how red his eyes are. He's He got a gust of that wind in his face earlier. Uh, but it, yeah, it's cool. They, they don't show those eyes, and when they do finally reveal them, there's something yeah, uh, very unsettling about him. Yeah, and his sharp teeth, the way he's biting his his lip, and kind of like it's. And, and I understand that there is no small amount of history between Bane and Boba Fett. Like uh, Boba Fett beating Bane was kind of like his, uh, you know, coming of age story in the Clone Wars, uh, going from the 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 little boy who's watched his dad get slaughtered to the man we know as Boba Fett. So Boba um, Fett's already beat this guy once. Already beat him once, I think. What does or- beat mean? When or you're no, talking oh, about this Boba is, Fett. I think this is I think this is the guy that actually gave Boba's uh distinctive dent on his helmet. Ah. And, okay. and he thinks he killed him, but he actually didn't. Uh I, gotcha. I like I said, some and I, I if I remember last year, uh there was a, we had a lore master who was kind of sending us in um uh, snippets of like the Clone Wars history, and I remember um I remember that being part of it. But that and the the thing is is like uh I know there's some people watch the Clone Wars and are beating their heads and they're like, you know, ripping their but like Relax. The, this show is going to let us know all the backstory that we need to know. There's probably going to be some flashbacks. There's probably going to be like we're not going to be left in the dark for who this guy is and what he stands for. And mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, anyway. Yeah, probably right. He and he but he does. He's and it's 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 such a smart it's such a smart idea to bring Timothy Oliphant into this universe because he seems like he's made to introduce a character like this. Sure. Because if this guy just kind of walked in before we had the 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 Marshall Vanth storyline, it might have been like, "What the fuck is this weird Western shit in 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 Star Wars?" But mm-hmm. I think it greased the wheels, and now you've got like you know they're bringing this guy into live action. He looks great. Yeah. No, totally. Um, and yeah, uh, Cobb gets shot in this. I'm sure he's gonna be fine. You know, there's probably back to tank nearby. Uh, but yeah, it's. 
I, I don't know. I think the town's on Boba's side now, so he's going to have some muscle, and I assume we'll see a lot of that in the final episode. But then we go over to Pikers heading into a casino, the, the casino in this mm-hmm. show, and detonating a bomb. Casino is done. Out of business. Jessica Beals dead so remodeling uh apparently yeah so jessica jennifer i don't know it's jessica um yeah i don't know how she would live uh it's like she was like right there by the case so yeah i don't think many people in this place did live but i wonder like is like what gal i didn't feel anything no like, me either yeah, like these are characters are barely new. They were kind of like archetypes of things. And uh, this feels like um, I definitely care about the Marshall getting shot and, and uh-huh. kind of free, uh, Freetown by extension. But like, I don't know how this plays into maybe this is what brings the other three families into the fold. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I think it, those other families need more time yeah but like if if this is a signal that the syndicate is not content to coexist like they are going to like they want to run all the vice on Tatooine Mm -hmm. you know Um, it kind of gives a lie to the promise this cad makes it's like hey as long as the spice flows we're not going to be so I I, I think this might be the thing that gets the Trandosians and the other guys off of the uh, uh, off of the benches and into the war yeah could be we'll see uh, and then we go over to the final scene, Luke forcing Grogu to choose between becoming a Jedi or living with Mando, but the episode ends before he actually makes the choice. Uh, and see, that's where I thought it's like this, this choice of like, you know, attack or defend. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I thought, oh, okay, this is, they're going to, they're, this is going to be, Luke's going to approve of him choosing the armor over the sword. Right. But then he goes on to say, like, you can only choose one. And if you choose the lightsaber, then you can stay with me and I'll teach you the ways of the Jedi. But if you choose the male, you'll get you to go back to the Mandalorian. everything I've have... ever taught you. Yeah. Like, y- yeah. And again, like, you know, you're the guy who ran off to save your friends when both your Jedi masters uh, right. <laughs> were telling you this is going to end in the destruction of the galaxy. So, like, is this a, a test within a test? But mostly Maybe. it's like, God damn, these Jedis are just assholes. They're assholes. They're all talking about balance yeah. and a force, but they are wildly in balance. They're wildly unhealthy, emotionally <laughs> individuals. It's true. Um, it's true. And this is like a brutal thing to do to a, a, a baby. I get he's 50 years old, but he's 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 yeah. he's a baby. So right. I man, it made me made me think the Jedi. I, I thought I thought Luke would be better, but I guess his academy ends in disaster. We've already seen it. So shit like this, <laughs> Luke. I suppose, yeah. Shit like this. Right. Hard lines you take. Come on. All Kylo Ren wanted to do is call his mom one weekend, and Luke's like, no. Uh-uh. You gotta, you gotta fucking <laughs> strangle that attachment to my sister. Okay, you gotta, uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Be, be more like... Uh, be more like water. It's flexible, right? It's the Bruce Lee thing, you know? Oh, yeah. You can be flexible yeah. and still be strong. Just... Yes. Come on. No one will call the ocean weak? Jesus. No, no one who's been in it, anyway. Uh, all right that's it for the episode uh what do we have to do now well we're going to consider feedback we're going to open up the old bag uh tribe at baldmove.com but first another break all right everybody we're back with some more feedback if you want to send us 
back more feedback. Uh, you can do that <laughs> tribe at baldmove.com. First up is Neander Bear. You've probably gotten 20 emails about this, but the pilot droid RX-24 from the original Star Tours ride was replaced by C-3PO as the pilot in 2011. The ride was rebuilt and upgraded. RX-24 still appears on the ride as one of the visuals in the line. He's also seen in Olga's Cantina, the bar, and the Star Wars part of the park. I did not know this. As I said, I've never been to Disney World. Uh, I just saw that like um, some Disney World aficionados were excited about it. I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb to replace <laughs> a cool new part of the lore with just putting C-3PO in as your pilot. Like, yeah, you know, makes the universe feel smaller. But uh, what are you going to do? Also, we d- glossed over totally the fact that R2-D2 is in this. Oh, Jesus, we right? did. <laughs> we completely didn't talk about that. We did. Um, it's interesting because I've been I've been I've gotten back into Adam Savage. I kind of lost track of what he was doing and tested over the pandemic and being busy. But I've been catching up and he's always talks about one of his first gigs. at ILM mm-hmm. was like, get this R2D2 from England, bring it over here and make it work. And he's got this whole story about the R2s. And, and he's the, the, the thing he's working on is the thing that makes him go from being upright to like slanted forward with the third <laughs> the third uh, foot coming down to yeah. stabilize him. And he's like, oh, this cute story about like, you know, uh, all the, the, the English pneumatic hoses are all metric and the Americans oh, are all imperial. God. What a pain in the ass. He's talking yeah. about how terrifying, like he's like, those pneumatics were no joke. Like R2 would just like, thoop, thoop. Like, you know, he'd like shut <laughs> forward. And it's like, if you got your fingers are in there, you'd lose your fucking fingers. And Yeesh. I couldn't help but think of that when I saw <laughs> R2 thoop, thoop and start rolling around. Yeah. And we didn't talk about the androids either. I thought those were super cool looking. They were cool, although the engineer part of me thought those yeah. legs are very spindly for the weight that they're like. I would think realistically they'd sink halfway into the soft ground when they're carrying those giant boulders. But uh, sure, they did look cool. They did look cool. Yeah. Uh, regarding the Naboo Starfighter, Neander Bear says, it could work out just fine for a bounty hunter if he only takes dead or alive jobs. How much space do you need to bring back a severed head? Well, that, that that's fine for the dead part. <laughs> sure. The alive, alive part's tougher. I guess he just always brings them back dead, takes the lesser bounty. I think I think you just go rent a U-Haul bounty trailer and mm. attach it to the back of that thing and you're good, right? Yeah, you could do that. You could take it to like whatever the equivalent of the UPS store and have them quick uh, carbon uh-huh. froze and yep. then you just strap them to the wings. There you that go. That would be kind of fucking metal. There you go. Yeah. That's a bounty hunter coming into port and there's just like four or five carbon froze dudes uh-huh. just chained to the hull like, <laughs> like, like hanging like Wookiee pelts from the ship. Yeah, that's the Star Wars I want to see. Yeah, that's right. Uh, final observation from Neander Bear. Why the surprise at the no docking ring for hyperspace? X-Wings don't need them. They're small one-man fighters. Luke went all the way from Hoth to Dagobah in one. Yeah. What do you think? Because I got a response to this. Uh, I don't know. What's your response? It seems reasonable to me. Uh, and I don't know how much of this has been legendified, but canonically, mm-hmm. the New Republic prized... Uh, like hit and run and like, uh, I guess, terror tactics, uh, asymmetrical warfare um, and the survivability of their pilots, whereas the Empire was the opposite. Like, you know, they were built around big capital ships that just would come and just do overwhelming swarms of these cheaply built mass produced fighters that didn't have shields, didn't have uh, atmosphere containment inside their Like, you know, they're just just much cheaper. 
Um, yeah. So the New Republic, to, to help that out, most of their starfighters, I believe at least the Y-Wing, A-Wing, and X-Wing could all do hyperspace jumps. But that was considered unusual. It's like it'd be like um, having a, a, a fighter um, if, if most of the fighter uh, the America's, you know, our fighter doctrine is like all carrier based. And, you know, then you had like one nation that didn't have carriers. So their fighters could fly twice around the world without refueling. Yeah. Like it still would be unusual. But I, I think that's like the the New Republic is, is seen that those fighter designs are seen as, as very unusual. Hmm. Um and also, like, I don't know. Because like, honestly, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be a Y-Wing. Oh. Yeah, I didn't okay. think, like, Naboo Starfighter when I saw the, you know, you were talking about how when I had the cloak, you know, when it had the dust cover over it. I was like, oh, that looks like a Y-Wing. That's going to be kind of cool. But um, Oh, if you spin it around, I guess it does, right? Yeah, like if, the, if, it's, if it's a coming or going, yeah. <laughs> right, sure. Uh, moving on to Jeffrey K. Sorry, Jeffy K. So, hey, they're a huge fan. My 12-year-old son is a, also a huge fan of Star Wars and want to share his thoughts with you on your coverage of the show. Let's consider the, the feedback from the core audience of the Book of Boba Fett. Okay. So, you guys have said that you believe they should have not made the Book of Boba Fett. Instead, they should have put him in The Mandalorian more. I get your point, but around the time the Star Wars movie Solo came out, people said they might make a Boba Fett movie. Everyone got excited, but then it got canceled. Everybody's craving more from this bounty hunter. Also, Mandalorian's not the greatest show because they decided to make the stereotype of stormtroopers being stupid a real part of Star Wars. And Boba Fett should not be part of that. Thank mm. you. Good points. I admire the passion. I, if you if you listen to our uh, Mandalorian coverage last year, you know that Jim and I were also kind of put off by yeah. the herder stormtroopers suck at actually stormtrooping. Uh, <laughs> and and I, think, I think if Disney was smart, they would take... Uh, this uh, feedback from the core audience really, really serious. You mm-hmm. know, uh, stop, stop making the bounty hunters look stupid. So thanks for that, Jeffy and Jeffy Jr. Moving on to Jessica. Not sure if you guys saw this already, but I thought you might enjoy it. Uh, it's a meme from the Mandalorian uh, subreddit, which I guess has given up trying to separate the Bobas from the Mandos. Good for them. And it's supposed to be Bryce Dallas Howard being convinced by Dave Filoni to do direct another episode of The Mandalorian. Uh-huh. And it's the scene from Say Anything where John Cusack mm-hmm. rolls up with the boom box and he's just playing the theme to The Mandalorian outside. Oh, God. <laughs> whatever her fate, whatever her name is, is window. Yeah. As she's trying to sleep and like progressively like waking up. Yeah. Pretty funny. Pretty funny <laughs> stuff. Hopefully that'll work because I would like to see uh, Bryce do another one of these. Mike from Sydney. After watching the latest episode and finding myself utterly bemused, I was reflecting, or maybe just wishfully thinking, on what the book book of Boba is trying to say. I'm starting to wonder if they're setting up Boba to fail against the syndicate syndicate and abandon the crime lord idea. This way the whole gang can get together for Mando Season 3, whatever that's going to be. I've come to this conclusion on the fact that they initially showed him to be incompetent and then have essentially edited him out of the last two episodes. They're clearly tracking back to Mando and Grogu. So does Boba get the Alfred the Butler treatment in Mando season three? <laughs> I well, really hope they take your idea of making the overall theme returning bounce to the force. Although Miss Kennedy sure knows how to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Seems so. What do you think of this, Jim? What would defeat look like? I mean, the, the, to me, like the concept of tribe, is very important to Boba at this point. And mm. he needs to have his tribe wiped out to say, hey, you're you're 
outclassed here. So like you'd have to kill off Finnick and Kersantin and like pretty much everybody who signed on to this Cobb probably um, and maybe everyone except for Mando. And then, yeah, they can go and be the tribe of two right into season three of Mando. And maybe you can get up to tribe of three by the time Grogu shows up. But yeah, it, it would take a destruction of his tribe again. Right. It seems like it. I'm trying to think of like, is Boba a big enough dick to not care about all the suffering of the town folk? Mm-hmm. And I could go like, it seems like he wouldn't be the kind of guy that would be that callous. But like, I, man, Boba's got his foot on both places because yeah, I thought there'd be a bigger reaction to his uh, Tuscan tribe being wiped out. Like he got like cold, dispassionate revenge on the people who are immediately responsible. Mm-hmm. Um but I didn't get this idea. Like, and, and I was really hoping there'd be some survivors from that clan. Maybe they will show up in the end of the season as, as foot soldiers for him. But nothing quite felt right about. They did such a great job those first two episodes, making me believe in the fact that he had been adopted and he had really identified. And, you know, he's he's woven their robes and culture into his armor, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, I guess I guess if like he just can't win like the syndicate has starships and legions of tr- people and, and infinite oceans of cash. It's it's like, you know, if uh, if the mob m- moves into some small Midwestern town and it's like, I want to take over to cocaine and a trade here like, you know, you can have the hero. <laughs> you can have the street hero of Cincinnati fight all he wants, but he's going to get fucking shoved. He's going to be showed up headless in the Ohio River like. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely scenarios where this Boba just can't win. He doesn't have the the, the mm-hmm. reach. Um, I mean, the huts are piecing out of this situation. Sure. And it wasn't because of Boba. It was no. because like a bigger fish. So I don't know. I mean, that's that would cleanly get, like you said, the gang back together again. And like a show that has Chrysanthemum and uh, you got you, you got you got uh, Finnick and, and Boba and Mando uh, and Cobb. Like, that's a fucking cool show. And the mod sure. squad gets tragically killed. All uh, right. Is that part of his tribe? Can he wipe out? <laughs> it's four more tribesmen enough. There you go. Yeah. To that's wipe him part out. of the tribe that I see as sacrificial, uh, but Boba might not. So yeah, kill them. Yeah. And like Boba can be like the mentor to help, uh, you know, Din kind of figure out like the, the, the middle path between his, uh, uh, Mandalorian fanaticism and maybe the careless, uh, um, the, the 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 careless or, or not the careless is the complete lack of traditionality that uh, the the Bo Katan kind of shows the impetuousness. Um, yeah, here's why I'm not so sure about this happening. Um, that would also condense two shows down to one and condense the Disney slate of shows when it's clear that they're trying to build something out. Uh, I, I just don't think it's likely to collapse the book of Boba Fett back into the Mandalorian hmm. from, from a purely like meta sort of angle there. Well, you see like with uh, AMC does with the walking dead and other, of their shows where like they divide a season mm-hmm. and even like, why can't they do that? The Mandalorian like, Hey, we're going to get six episodes in February. We're going to get six episodes in June. We're going to get six episodes. Like, why does it have to be, the book of Boba Fett, then the Mandalorian, then like some of the others, like Ahsoka, like, okay, you got jet, like you need a little bit of separation because Jedi can't roll with mercenary bounty hunters all the time. There'd just be too much, too much friction in the party. But like this stuff, I don't know. 
But on the other hand, like, why do they give a shit? Like, all this can just be limited miniseries that all never end and keeps uh, sure. snowballing into others. So, yeah. I, I suppose I could see Book of Boba Fett being a, a limited series, but they haven't been promoting it as that. Right. And I, I, I don't know. They've never really done a great job telling us what the Book of Boba Fett is going to be, right? Even from that first a little preview we got at the end of the Mando season two finale. It's like, what is this thing? It just says book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. We have no, no idea what it's going to be. And eventually you come, you know, you come to hear it's a series, but like they didn't get out in front of any of that stuff. So maybe it does, maybe it does change back. And it's, this is just like a chapter out of the book of what becomes the book of Mandalorian. We'll see. Because like I said, I the, the fact that they can split this up and like add new things in between seasons like makes it really hard to predict where it's going. Because like who knows? Like there could be two more shows between now and the Mandalorian that completely changes the state of the board. So it's like, yeah. w- why speculate on what Mando season three looks like? Because shit, Ahsoka sure. could have Ahsoka shit could have half of the Mandalorian in it. So right, Alex with a shocker. Have you guys realized Mayor Mokshi's? is a pun for Mayor McCheese. Favreau slips hmm. in a ton, uh, a pun under the table. Hmm. Mayor McCheese. Mayor McCheese, okay. <laughs> After the stunning uh, guest appearance of the concept of the Hamburglar uh-huh. in this week's episode of Peacemaker, okay. I wonder, what is in the water? What is always Grimace next? I don't know. It's is there going to be a purple must hut? Be in the water, man. Is, is there going to be a purple hut called Grimace? Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> I want to see it. Brits has an episode seven prediction. In the last 10 minutes of the show, we find Boba Fett's posse in dire straits. The Pikes have suddenly pulled out some sort of secret weapon or tactic that spells doom for all the good guys. Something new and unbeatable has presented itself, such as a giant laser cannon or a Cad Bane landing with a ship full of mercenaries. Suddenly, Grogu shows up in his Mando chainmail and uses the force in some spectacular way to crush or subdue this Pike's new tactic in one fell swoop. Hmm. I don't know if I even like the idea. In fact, I just want to see Boba be awesome. But why else we spend so much time with Grogu last episode if he wasn't going to be used in Boba Fett show? Yeah, good point. Uh, I think there there I, could be a Grogu resolution. Yeah, and like if Grogu comes back, it's likely that either Ahsoka or Luke will come back too. And they're super powerful Jedi and could also help. And yeah, I mean, there is. Yeah, like, right? Like how how's Grogu going to get around? Are they just going to put him on a commercial flight like a like sending a child off to see relatives in Europe or something? Right, right. <laughs> like, Unattended minor picks uh-huh. the sign on his, pinned on his. He can, he can uh, you know, fly with young Greedo we saw last right. episode. Uh, but there is something cool about like a uh, X-wing coming in and like streaking through the sky and Luke shooting out of there with Grogu and maybe Ahsoka's with them and Boba mm-hmm. Fett of course is riding his fucking Rancor. Like there, there could be like this some crazy go nut fan service episode that has us all, you know, creaming our space armor. Sure, uh, we'll 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 see. Justin P, I feel like I should preface this because that's the way they did Luke. Sorry, Justin, we'll get back to you. That's what they did Luke uh-huh. last season. Like, that came in at the 11th hour. Yeah. Like, we had this whole plot of the Mandalorians facing Moff Gideon, and it's desperate, and they're cut off on the bridge. The fuck is going to happen? And then Luke shows up in, like, the last five minutes. So, they could just roll that back. I mean, it's a hit the last time. Mm-hmm. All right, Justin. 
I feel like I should preface this by saying I'm not the most lore-informed Star Wars fan. I am a fan because I was five when the film first came out and like every other child my age was sucked into Star Wars universe. That's it. You pass. Not that I resent that or anything. It's just what may appear like a revelation to me, maybe old hat and yesterday's news to other fans. But am I being too harsh to say I can't stand the Skywalker performance? He feels wooden and detached as if his voice does not belong to the body playing the role. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, literally, yeah, (laughs) literal. Yeah. The voice feels like it could have been recorded in an entirely different time and location than went on, uh, than when and where the scenes were filmed. I can't quite figure out how to describe it other than to say every time Skywalker spoke, his words sounded like they came from some choose your own adventure game. And he could just have easily said the opposite. I'm sure he's recorded hmm. a response to either of Grogu's impending choices. By the way, is that Mark Hamill, the agent graphics being used or another actor altogether? I think we, uh, I think we covered that, but um, yeah, performance wise, I-, I understand why it might feel like that. Cause that's exactly what's happening. Um, and maybe you're just more sensitive to that stuff than I am, but I, I felt it was very convincing. I thought it was convincing, and also it's very Return of the Jedi era Luke. Uh-huh. Like Luke is very much that kind of like emotionless, detached. You know the way he's given his line reads, the way he's you know dealing with his sister. It's completely different than the impetuous farm boy we saw totally in Episode Four. And then I think you you see like the real transition piece in, in Empire. So like to me, it's just. You know, like the, uh, you know, Amidala, Queen Amidalification of Luke that happened in Return of the Jedi. And I, I think that's obvious if you look uh, look for it in Return. Like mm-hmm. he is that kind of very Absolutely. flat affect. He's trying to be that Jedi and he maintains that up until Vader provokes him at the end with the knowledge of his sister. Then he snaps back into scared, vengeful farm boy mode until yeah. he's brought back by the horror of his own actions. So. But it's also unfortunate that that affect that you're describing does make him look like he's, you know, another voice is speaking from his body. Sure. Because that's also what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, Justin concludes, I see the Scooter Gang's back. I'm wondering if they aren't the result of Disney buying up Archie Comics and forcing them into the Star Wars world. Not only are they a good fit, but it feels like they belong in an entirely different universe, a very cheesy universe. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Mod Squad. Hopefully they'll die. Yeah. Craig T. Right off the bat, I want to say this is one of the best episodes of the live action series so far for me. Hmm. It was so good to see so many threads and callbacks come together as one. I think my favorite one was to create Dragon Skull on top of the sand crawler. Yes, I was a huge fan of that. After last week's podcast, you did get me thinking that this would have gone down far better if they had just gone into suggested and called this show The Mandalorians. Each of the different stories being told together as one would have worked so much better. The slow parts of one story could be interwoven with another that was climaxing to give generally more fun and interesting episodes. Um, I kept on thinking that too. this episode, like why didn't they interleave the Mandalorian into the first is it just to maintain the surprise of the Mandalorian. What do you mean? The surprise of the Mandalorian. The, the, we, no one knew the Mandalorian was going to show up, but if you start interleaving oh, his scenes, gotcha. like from like maybe you give the episode one all to Boba, mm-hmm. uh, but then you start kind of like splicing the Mandalorian, you know, as Boba's like, we need more muscle. Like the, you go to the Mandalorian scene and just like five or, you know, just five minutes of him and then back to Boba for 10 minutes and five minutes of him. You doing the duel with the you know Boba fat. Then you go back to the Boba fat and you just keep on and. 
this is very much like uh, the Tolkien storytelling in the Lord of the Rings, where it's like, you know, once Frodo and Sam split up from the rest of the party, like you had an entire book about that. And then right. you get invested in that and it ends. And then like, here's an entire book of what Legolas and Aragorn and Gimli have been doing that time. And then you get back that we're back to Sam and Mo- more. I, and I don't like that because I'm an impatient storyteller. I don't like going away from stories that long. Um, and this yeah, feels like you. that. And I don't I don't know why. And I always like, so I will tolerate a few episodes like that. Definitely. Sure. Where, where we cut away, we don't see the characters that, that, you know, we saw previously, but I, I really enjoy when a show can take multiple storylines and weave themes throughout both of them that resonate on both sides of that story. And, you know, this eliminates the possibility for that. And I don't think that's necessarily like, a show killer or anything but yeah it does seem like they should have just made this all one show and it would have been you wouldn't need episodes where you're just kind of walking around the desert for too long right like that initial book of Boba Fett episode I thought was too much desert walking Um, especially a short episode sure and I got what they were putting down without the extra 10 minutes of Boba walking around the desert so like yeah, you could have filled that with time from the Mandalorian story or Grogu or whatever. Especially uh, since you and I don't care about the consistency of runtime, but it seems like it would smooth it out too. Instead of having like a thirty-minute episode, a fifty-minute episode, a forty-five-minute episode, like just pull some of that stuff and smooth it out, and give it a more consistent experience. Because there's like the first episode of Boba, like that's it. Um, so yeah, but this also like that you need a lot more pre. You know, you need right. a lot more lead time to successfully interleave that stuff. It's harder. It's easier to just break it off and just go into separate units and separate. Sure. You know, uh, pre and post production. So might be an element of the time time crunch they're under. Uh, Steve B says has a little uh, a skit for us. Luke. OK, Grogu. I want you to choose between this lightsaber, this Beskar shirt and this frog. Grogu swallows frog. Yeah. Should have given him a hard choice, Luke. Yeah. Uh, I'm also the frog lifting scene mm-hmm. not not impressed like I've seen what Luke can do yeah maybe that impresses a, a, a you know a youngling like Yoda but not, or Grogu sorry but it's not impressing me I've seen you him lift freaking X-wings and stuff you know it's cooler than levitating one frog Grogu uh-huh. like a half dozen and then Luke just loads the ball into his mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I will say that I am kind of surprised that Jedi eat meat yeah. Like, yeah. I, I thought that there'd be some rebukes about, like, with all this talk about light, like, living force and stuff. But maybe, maybe the Jedi are next level to realize that there's really, on a force cosmic scale, no difference between eating a plant and an animal. Right. Because they all have the force. They all have the force. They're all the life. They're all binding and all. I don't know. I uh, Or a rock, for that matter. <laughs> but a rocks, do rocks generate the force? I mean, he talks about it feeling it in the between. force and yeah, yeah, feeling know. force and rock. Sure, maybe Jedi just sustain themselves from the force. Like that's the whole deal. Like once you attain the master, you just stop eating and shitting. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Aaron from Buffalo. All right, the Aaron Legion grows after this week s episode of Mandalorian season two point five. I feel certain that Din is going to get Grogu back. I understand why they might go this direction, but I think we should leave Baby Yoda in the past and embrace the new storyline for Mandalorian. 
soft agree. I don't know forever, but I was kind of excited to see a season of the Mandalorian just doing Mandalorian shit and like right. hoping for a little bit more intense action, a little bit more gray morality. But nope, going to get baby baby Yoda back in that in that fucking bubble. You might get some of it early on because like baby Yoda has to connect with Mando, right? So, so maybe you get a couple of missions. I hope it's not just him like bummed out like flying around the galaxy and is in one that that'd be kind of boring it is amazing how much he's able to emote like sadness at not being able to see grogu through that armor just like yeah. the body posture and long pauses and dialogue and mm-hmm. it's pretty good stuff uh capo's back so hey guys another great episode sans boba fett mostly and the return of that little rapscallion grogu even uncanny valley luke looked pretty good i thought uh, question for you. Should Grogu be talking by now? If Yoda was 900 and to say equivalent to a 60 to 80 year old human and Grogu was 50, that would make him equivalent to like a three or four year old child. All things being equal. Most three to four year olds are talking nonstop. So I think we should be getting some Grogu monologues soon. No. That being said, what kind of voice do you think would fit best fit Grogu? I'm thinking something deep and soulful like uh, James Earl Jones or, or Barry White. Can't get enough, you Mando love. Yeah, I, I um, want a Chris Tucker-esque baby. voice from Grogu. I was actually thinking Lisa Simpson. <laughs> Lisa <laughs> or Bart Simpson would uh-huh, be, Bart would with, be excellent with, yeah. with, with with like that kind of riddle speak. I could see it, like because he should yeah. be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think something like that would would suit him. And I'm I'm with you now. I do think that part of uh, his backstory is he spent a lot of this time in like cryogenic sleep. Um, so, hmm. and I, I don't know, I think they're making this shit up as they go along too. like, you know, sure. I think they had, oh, it's 50 years old, but it's a Yoda baby. So who the fuck know? And, and also like, oh, he could have spent time in, in cryo sleep or in the back to tank being tested or all. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, I think he, this is arrested development. Um, maybe he can't talk. He's just, this is part of his trauma response too. Sure. Could be so, but they need uh, Yeah, I, I, but I think that that's something where once he starts talking and becoming a real character, it's going to fundamentally change our relationship with this thing. Oh, yeah. And they are soaking up the ooh, baby Yoda, ooh, ooh money as long as they can. <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. That is it for this week's episode of the Boba Fett Arian. Uh, we'll be back next week with the, I'm sure going to be thrilling conclusion. Like I'm not even mm-hmm. joking. Like I think that they're going, Rodriguez is going to pull out all the fucking stops, all the, th- all the things on the table, the, uh, uh, Rancor wearing Mandalorian armor, Grogu showing up in chain mail, Luke raining down death from his X-wing, Cobb Vance looking like Raylan Givens and being awesome. Like it's, it's going to be an event. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we'll be there for it. If you'd like to send us feedback, you can do so tribe at baldmove.com. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.